page 212, Parashat Korach, the classes in memory of Jared Orchem. Korach is an amazing story. The story goes that once was a rabbi, a preacher, it's called a Magid, used to go, his job was to go from city to city to give a speech, to speak. He had one talk about Korach. He says this this issue is always relevant because Koch was about a fight, a fight in the Jewish community. Wherever you go, there is always, there is always, it's very relevant, this issue. Let's start to read. Page 212. One, one quick uh, question. Go ahead. Why, why do we have, it seems there has to be a connection between last uh, week's Parsha, the spies, and coming to Karach. I mean, Karach could have rebelled at almost any other time. Okay. First of all, there is, a, a, there is an argument, when was the story of Korach? Was it right after the spies, or it was 40 years later? Mm. Number one. Could be that this is the spinning point. Even if you say that it was right after that, you're right, it has a connection, a very big connection on many levels. The, spy, the story of the spies was that they argued we want to learn Torah, be in the desert. Moses said what counts is doing mitzvot, action, right? Mm -hmm. That Korach came and said, if, you talk, if learning Torah is the most important thing, then you are greater than us. You heard the Torah from God. But if it's all about action, all about mitzvahs, then we are all equal. That's what he was arguing. Then why are you above, above me? If it's all about putting on film, doing mitzvahs, lighting candles, giving charity, then we are all equal. If you talk about an intellectual level and a spiritual level and learning Torah, then yeah, you Moses are above me and there is the leader of the tribe and there is bigger scholars and smaller scholars and simple people. But if it's all about action, what's the difference? That's number one. Number two, what was the purpose of Moses? He took the Jews out of Egypt for the purpose of taking them into the land of Israel, right? That as long as he was taking them to the land of Israel, that was the goal. Now that they heard in this story of the spies that they are not going to Israel, and Moses, basically, they are not going to Israel, right? That who needs Moses? Then what do we need a leader for? You understand? And now this, but the first one is really what explained, the Rebbe explains a few times. That the idea that if, the, if we establish that it's all about action, then we are all equal. That's what he, that was the argument of Korah. And that's why he came to the argument. But it's a strange reaction of not needing Moshe, because on the other hand, when they're told by the two prophets in the village that Moshe will die when you know that was before I know that wasn't that well wasn't that relatively far away from that time but forget about if Moses died they got understanding that it's all about action right mm -hmm. if it's all about action we are all equal that's the real argument that's why they came and said everybody's holy everybody can do mitzvahs and who needs you what are you better than us? Everybody can do it. That's really what, what the argument is. That's you're right. 
Korach comes after the story of the, of, the, of the spies. As a conclusion from the story of the spies, he says, then we are all equal. Who needs, who needs, who needs one more than the other? Who's saying that? Korach? Korach. So why is, why is Korach having a rebellion then? What's the rebellion about? No, he said, what he said, let's read inside, we'll see what he said. Korach took. Korach took the son of Yitzker, the son of Kehos, the son of Levi, and the son of Avriam, the son of Eliab. Next page. And on the son of <laughs> Pelus, the son of Ruvain, they rose up before Moshe with men from B'nai Israel, numbering 250, who were the leaders of the congregation, those who were called to the meeting. Page 215, 215. Men of prominent name. They gathered against Moshe and Aaron, and they said to them, You have taken too much for yourselves, and since the entire congregation are all holy and not annoyed is in their midst, Why do you raise yourselves above assembly of Adonai? Okay, here is the argument. We are all holy. Why do you think you are holier? That's what he's saying. Understand? The whole community, the whole congregation, are all holy. We all heard at Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments. We are all doing mitzvahs. Why are you better than us? Why are you making this? Why, why he's saying Korach is going to say then that I'm 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 should be important. I'm I'm better than you. That's not what Korach is saying. Officially, Korach is saying, why are you holding yourself more important than the rest of the Jewish community? Everybody is equal. He wanted everybody to be equal, like everybody here today. People say we should all be equal. We should all get equal opportunity. All this kind of nonsense. The same thing Korach said. Korach says, and Hashem is among us, then why are you calling yourself a king and you call yourself an high priest? We are all the same. That's what Korach said. And to do this, he didn't, do it. He didn't come by himself and he came to Moshe Rabbeinu and said, I want an appointment, I have something to tell you. He rallied up Dayton and Aviram. Who were Dayton and Aviram? Dayton and Aviram were the official troublemakers of the Jewish people. Every time there is trouble in the Jewish people, the rabbis attach it to Dayton Navira. Give the credit to Dayton Navira. The two people who were fighting in Egypt, when Moses saw two Jews fighting and told them, Why are you fighting with each other? Who was the two? Rashi says Dayton Navira. When Moses, when, when, they, when they were the officers who attacked Moses and, asked, and told Moses, Since you went to Pharaoh, you made things worse? Who were the officers? Dayton and Aviram. When Moses said, the manna came down, and Moses said, you cannot leave no leftovers of manna. You have to eat it the same day. Who left over for the next day? It's written, some people left over. The, the matter says, Dayton and Aviram. Shabbos, Moses said, it's not going to be manna. Don't go to look outside of the camp. It's written, some people went outside of the camp. Who were the people? Dayton and Aviram. And near Dayton and Aviram woke up. Oh, 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 they found a friend, Korach. <laughs> Who was Korach? Korach was Moses' first cousin. Not a stranger, not a nobody. First cousin. 
Amram was Moses' father. Moses' father had a brother with the name Itar, and Korach was his son. First cousin from the same family, from the same tribe of Levi, from the same even family within the tribe of Levi, the children of chaos. And his first cousin was a rich man and was a smart man. And what he really wanted, he wanted also recognition. He said, well, I'm a nobody. I'm a chap lever. Why, me not? Why, why, why not me? Then Dayton and Aviram, when Korach started to say, oh, Dayton and Aviram said, yeah, 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 let's go. Let's get into a good fight. So much so, Dayton and Aviram get the credit for the fight that in the book of Psalms, in chapter 106, it describes the exodus from Egypt. And when it comes to the story of Korach, he doesn't even mention Korach. He says, uh, he says, and the earth swallowed up, and he mentions Dayton and Aviram. He doesn't mention Korach. Korach is not even a part of the story. Only Dayton and Aviram. We all we know, we see that Korach was not so bad. From Dayton and Aviram was not left anything. From Korach, son. his son survived. As you're going to learn in the end of Parshas Pinchas, where is it? Um, oh, Parshas Matos. Yeah. Um, page 354, for example. If you open in Parshas Pinchas, it says, it tells the story in two words the story that, God, that the earth swallowed up Korach. And then on page 354, number 11. Mark, you want to read? But the sons of Korach did not die. The sons of Korach did not die. What does this mean? That they survived and they continued. You know who came out on the sons of Korach? Which prophet came out on the sons of Korach? Samuel. Samuel. Samuel, the prophet Samuel is compared to Moses and Aaron together. He says, if you read and put him on the scale, Moses and Aaron on one side and Samuel on the other side, is like Moses and Aaron together. He is a descendant of Korah. When you look in the book of Psalms, there are 11 chapters, 11 chapters written by the sons of Korah. By the son of Korah. Means the sons, means the descendants of Korah who were in the temple. Obviously, Korah was not so bad. The only problem was he was a little bit of a fool. He didn't understand what is the messing out of it. And the bigger problem was you see, you read a few names when you were all confused with the names Korah and Dayton and Aviram. And who is the last name in this verse on page 15? On, the son of Peles. Mr. On, we never hear On again. He does not mention that later. What happened to him? His wife held him in the house. Then the Medrash says something very interesting. Korach's wife instigated him to fight against Moses. The Medrash wants to point out the power of a woman. Korach's wife instigated him to fight against Moses, and she brought him down to grave. And On's wife, the Medrash says, told him, what do you need is fight, you fool. No matter what, you will not be a part of it. The fight is if, if Korach is the, is, the, is the high priest or Aaron is the high priest. But you are not a Levi, you are from the tribe of Reuben, when you need it. 
He says, you know, but I promised already to my family, my friends, that I, we made a pact, we made us, we swore to each other that I will be a part of it. She told him, I'll take care of it. I told him, you go sit inside the, inside the, the, the tent. She was sitting outside of the tent, not in a modest way. And when they came to rally up the, the troops, she was not there. I mean, they saw her. They were embarrassed to even get close to her. That's how she saved them. What happened then, as we all know the story, Korach was swallowed up, right? You know, after the earthquake, if you are the only one who is left, <laughs> how it feels? On Ben Pelez was the only one who is left from the, from the old group who was fighting Korach, from the 250 people with the whole... He's the one left, and he knows now the truth, that God was on the side of Moses, and the rest of them died. It's almost like, you know, in the story of the, of the, in Metzada, was one guy who survived, who didn't kill himself. It's, all, it's almost like this. On Ben Peles, the Medrash says, was embarrassed to get out of his tent. He couldn't see his face. You know, the people who died, died. The rest of the people alive was a Moses, well, at least were not fighting Moses. Then On Ben Peles' wife went to Moses to cry that your husband is embarrassed to get out of the house. Moses sees the woman crying, he's asking his uh, secretaries. It's a problem. She says, this is On's wife. She's crying, the tone is depressed. He's sitting home, doesn't want to get out. Moses, Moses went from his tent to On's tent. He told them, come out, come out. We have nothing against you. He comforted them. That's the story of On. What you learn from here, the power of a woman. One woman brought down your husband. One woman saved your husband. And that's another lesson we can learn right here. That we have Korach, Dayton and Aviram, the real true troublemakers, and Om Ben Peles who was saved altogether. Korach got, got in trouble. And the humility of uh, Moshe to be able to go to... Oh, the humility of Moshe is unbelievable, as we're going to see in the, re the, in the continuation of the story. We are on page 216. Number four. Go ahead. Moshe heard and he fell upon his face. Moshe heard he fell upon <laughs> How many people? That's a four times, as Rashi says. Four times too many. At the golden cave, Moses prayed for them. At the, then they were asking for meat, Moses prayed for them. Then were the story of the spies, Moses prayed for them. The four times, oh, he Okay, let's continue. He spoke. He spoke to Korach and to his entire congregation, saying, In the morning Adonai will make known who is qualified to be his and who is holy. He will bring close to him, and whoever he chooses, he will bring near to him. Do this, take your ver yourselves fire pans, Korach and his entire congregation, and place fire in them, and put incense upon them before uh, Hashem to tomorrow. And it will be the man who will be chosen by Hashem. He is the Holy One. You have taken too much upon yourself, sons of Levi. You know what's going on here? Moses says, I have an idea for you. There is a test to know who should be the high priest. But oh, 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 in this test, if you don't pass the test, you die. And he told them, God wants only one, one high priest. There is not ten. There is no fifteen. 
There were 250 people who wanted to be, who argued that they should be the high priest. He told them, okay guys, but there's only one, no matter who it is, it's only one. You offer incense and we'll see. We'll see who will be the high priest. Who is guy, who is guy choosing that his, his incense will be accepted, the rest of them will die. Can I ask you a question, because it's bothering me. Yeah. About Samuel the prophet, mm -hmm. and then the other two, Moses and Aaron. Why does he held in such a uh, high? And I've read it before. But, you know, Moses, Aaron, and then and Samuel. Why Samuel was mentioned? Like um, that? That's <laughs> a good it, question. Why is Samuel holding himself so high? What did he do? Was he Samson? Was he the one with No, no, no. Maybe because he was in a generation that was harder to lead the Jewish people. And he was still leading the Jewish people. It was the Palestine. It was a very harsh generation. It was a hard thing to do. And he was by himself doing the job that Moses and Aaron did together. That's why it's compared to Moses and Aaron. He did a job of two, not a job of one. Offer incense. Anybody who... What he told them, you know, it's like, you know, there is, there is no, no second chance in this business. That's why he told them, Rav Lochem Bnei Levi, you're taking for yourself too much sons of Levi's. You're, 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 you're going against God. You don't even realize what you're doing. You think you're going against Moses. Moses doesn't make up stories. It's against God. Okay. Go question ahead, yeah. I was troubled by thinking that Moses was forcing God to do this test that you can't just say to God okay this is going to be the test and, and you have to do it a certain way but then I'm wondering is it was it really a test or is it was Moses trying to do what um, uh, the, the sons of, of uh, Aaron yeah. did like where it was incense and Moses knew that if you offered incense or something that wasn't proper yeah, yeah, yeah. you would get Moses killed Yes, Moses knew it, and they knew it. Okay. Everybody knew the two sons of Aaron died. That was a public knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you. The real question is, why Moses didn't try to pray for them? Moses is not praying to God, he should save Korah. The first time that Moses is not praying for the bad guys. Moses always prayed for the bad guys. Jewish people, really. Talking about Jewish people. Yeah, but at some point, you have to carry yourself. What do you mean? Well, his praying for them, in a sense, is chesed. And, okay. and, and so, you keep and on doing so much. Now? Because, because there has to be, at some point, a reconciliation. Oh, of, of what a happened? No, no. What when? happened now that Moses couldn't pray for them more than any other time? Also, they're questioning his whether his connection to Hashem. It's a whole question of um, oh. of you know he's compromised. The real problem he is like this. Like no, <laughs> the problem is the usually the Jewish people complained about something. Moses, he won't meet. Moses, he won't water. Moses, it's hot. Moses, it's cold. Fine, but Moses is Moses. He's the boss. Now <coughs> the first time they came, and they said, Moses, who, who appointed you? Who are you? Who says that you speak in the name of God? You are making up stories. The Medrash is full of this. Why, why are you appointing yourself to be as leaders of the Jewish people? Basically, it says, who told you? Who says that you are the leaders? Now, what's the dangers with this argument? It's anarchy. 
more than that. If Moses is not, a, if Moses makes up stories on his own, there's no God. Then. then the whole Torah is not true. That maybe he also made up as the story of Shabbat, and maybe he made up the story of Abris, and maybe he made up the story. If Moses is not, if we don't believe everything that Moses said and is doing, then we compromise the whole credibility of Judaism. That was something that Moses could not let go. He couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't leave even a shred of a doubt that they are wrong. Because the moment he's trying to say, yeah, maybe we'll work out the deal, yeah, a little bit, you're right. The moment you accept that Moses is doing something on his own, not what Hashem told him, then who says only this, maybe this too, and maybe this too, and maybe the other things is also Moses, add a little bit or change a little bit. That's why there was no way for, for, for uh, there was no leeway. You had to make a point clear, or you accept Moses, or you're out of him. It couldn't be middle, there was no middle road. Why, why no would... question of doubt. You couldn't leave one shred of doubt, exactly. Why, um, the only uh, contested uh, Aaron during the story, basically, even though they said, why do you raise yourself, which is Moses, why aren't they, why isn't anybody saying, well, I want to be Moses? Because it, they didn't have the chutzpah of saying they want to be Moses. Yeah, that's, you want, you want, when you want to make trouble, you go on the second in command, you know. So it, 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 but basically, when they, when they question Aaron, they're really questioning Moses, because who appointed Aaron? Moses. That if you say Aaron shouldn't be the high priest, obviously you don't believe Moses. That you're questioning Moses' credibility. Moses says, God told me to appoint Aaron. They say, no, who is Aaron? If you say, who is Aaron? Obviously you don't believe Moses, that Moses says in the, Moses did it in the name of God. He did it for out of nepotism. It's his brother. That's why he appointed him, right? That if Moses did one thing not in the name of God, maybe he did another thing in the name of God. Maybe he did a third thing in the name of God. It's over. It's over. The whole purpose of Mount Sinai was to establish Moses' credibility. That was the whole purpose of Mount Sinai. That everybody should stay there and see how God speaks to Moses. Everybody overheard the conversation. God was, so to speak, having a conversation with Moses, and he put the whole nation in line. Everybody could hear the, the, the conference call. And here he comes, he says, Who are you, Moses? <laughs> Who are you, Moses? Then, 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 then it's all falling apart. That was the problem. That's why Moses was kind of going all the way. But Moses tried still to convince the Jewish people. You want to read on page 220, number 9, uh, number 8? Moshe said to Korah, Please listen, sons of Levi. Is it but a pittance of yourselves that the God of Israel has separated you from the rest of the congregation of Israel to bring you closer to him? to perform the services of the Mishkan of Adonai and to stand before the congregation to serve them? What he told them is like this. Levi's, you are anyway better than the, than the rest of the Jews. You are asking me why I appointed myself higher than you. I'm is a king and Aaron is a, is a priest. You are also the Levi's. There is the Kohen, the Levi's and the Israelites, right? That the Levi's are above the Israelites. That you are doing the same thing. Why, why are you complaining? You're complaining against me the time, the time. You are doing the same thing. You are also holding yourself above everybody else. 
Is it not enough that God gave you one level above, you want everything? That's what he says. Number 10. He brought you near with all of your brethren, the sons of Levi, with you. And yet you ask to be Kohanim as well. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you and your entire congregation who are gathered against Adonai and what is Aaron that you rail against him? Moshe what he says is like this. In simple English, he says, you are officially arguing against Aaron. But the truth is you're arguing against God. God appointed Aaron. Not me. He didn't appoint himself. Right. Aaron, what do you want from Aaron? Aaron is a good boy. What do you want from Aaron? The good boy was 84 years old, just for your information. And this is already, it's unbelievable. This is after Mount after the Ten Plague, and after the spring of the sea, and after Mount Sinai, and after the, the water, and the, and the manna, and the meat, and the spice. After all of this, they come with the story. I was just thinking that Jason and Av Avram also are probably that old then. They have to be old. They were old guys, yeah. <laughs> so but, 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 but wouldn't there have been an easy argument that Moshe could have made? Certainly he makes it in the summary before he dies, which he says you're all there, and brings them, gathers them, and he explains what happened. And nobody argues about what was said at Sinai. So if he had just simply said, you know, I really appreciate... You're but God never said in Sinai that Aaron should be the high priest. God said that Sinai the Ten Commandments. That said the Ten Commandments, fine. but it was established that Moshe was the... They took Sinai and, and turned it upside down. They used Sinai as an excuse for their side. They said everybody was at Sinai. Why are you special? The whole purpose of Sinai was... To include the Jews, they should hear the voice of God. They should see how Moses speaks but to they, God. But they almost die. They took Sinai and utilized it the opposite. You see, every story, you can, no matter how much you try well, somebody can take it and put it, and you, you use it uh, use, to use it against you. He said, everybody was at Sinai. Weren't you special more than us? You heard the Ten Commandments, Moses? I heard too. Here too, everybody else. Well, they sort of heard. They heard maybe one or two, and then they died and had revived. They heard, and it doesn't make thing. a difference. Everybody was at Sinai. Everybody had the same experience. That's it. That's what counts. Oh, later you went and you heard and you told me. You know, when you're talking about a mad mentality, everybody stands and scream. We can argue until tomorrow. Mm. Okay, you want to continue, Mr. Garvin? <coughs> Moshe sent to call for Dason and Avram the sons of Eliam, and they said, we will not go up. We will not go up. Moses said, we will not go up. They said, we will not. Moses tried to make peace. He said, call them. He says, please come, I want to talk to you. No, we're not coming. Continue. Oh, you have a question? I do. Yeah, I, I don't mean, I'm not afraid of your questions. I just can't leave these two alone. Yeah. Um, Are they, they from the gym? snake? Or, I mean, they've got to have some background of some sort. I, I, <laughs> the snake. I, I mean, I, something. I, I, there's got to be something deeper to them, or maybe they're just they're no, just no, bad no. ones. No, 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 no. They were, they had something deeper to them. They were kind of very honest people. They never wanted to. They believed in that. They convinced in themselves that they are doing it for the sake of God. You understand? When they came out from Pharaoh and met Moses and told Moses, you made things worse. 
They really meant it. When they told Moses, they informed Moses to Pharaoh for killing the Egyptian, right? They felt that this Moses will get us in trouble with the government. We better inform him. You understand? When Moses had to run away from, to Midian, from, from Egypt, they said, thank God! This guy will go around and kill Egyptian officers. We will be in trouble. He will make the, government, the, the king angry at us. You know, these people are trying to please, please the, the officers. Every time when they, they, they felt that, they, that there is everybody has, a, has a equal, equal, equal rights in the top, you know, a fight that is for the sake, so to speak, for the sake of God is the worst fight. They thought they're doing it for the sake of God, so to speak. You can see them as holy people who like to fight. You know, and sometimes a fight, even if it's a holy fight, you're better off not being a part of it. But Dayton and Aviram are not just regular people. It's, it's, it's an icon of people who are always into the into a fight. They're always ready to make a fight. And always in the name of God, oh yeah, we have to save the community, and that's not right, and it's not fear, and they and they are above all of us, and it's and who are they? But the bottom line is they're creating a fight and they're bringing the whole community down. Not just themselves, like in this story, they're bringing everybody down. The Dayton and Aviram are names of troublemakers. Anywhere there is, I remember once uh, the Rebbe once spoke about, uh, about somebody says, oh, I have, I have uh, regards from another rabbi, but I'm not sure that, uh, that he was friendly of the Rebbe. The Rebbe said, we were very friendly, but the Dayton and Avirams in between made the problems. That's the expression the Rebbe used. The Daytons and the Avirams. The Dayton and the Avirams are the troublemakers who make all the troubles. He didn't say the Korachs, he said the Dayton and the Avirams. And this and, and this that's what who they are. It's that's why why the Torah mentions the names. They're not here to embarrass them. But everybody who, who gets in, involved into a fight, you can give himself the badge, you can put on the ear. His name, Dayton, Aviram, that's his brother. Yeah, they are from the snake. All the troublemakers come from the snake, yes. <laughs> Number 13. It is but a pittance that you have brought us up from a land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the desert, that you must exercise power over us to make yourself powerful as well. You hear the sarcastic statement? <laughs> Isn't enough that you took us out from a land flowing with milk and honey? Egypt is a, Egypt is a land flowing with milk and honey. To kill us in the desert. Now they know that they are dying in the desert, right? It's already after the story of the spies. Everybody knows they will not make it to Israel. That, that obviously, you killed us in Egypt, you took us out from Egypt. Basically, they had like a little bit of an argument. They said, the whole purpose of going out from Egypt is to go to Israel. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't, to Israel you don't bring us. We are going to die in the desert. The whole generation of the desert, all of the, who left Egypt to die in the desert, right? They're going to die in the desert. You want to make it to, 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 be, to be powerful on top of us? We are not going, we are not going to come to Ayo. Go ahead, number 14. Even un, into a land flowing with milk and honey, you have not brought us and not given us an inheritance of fields and vineyards. If you put those people's eyes out, even then we would not go up. 
Moshe was. Uh, you see what's going on? He told them, "You, did, you, did, you promised us you're going to bring us to the land of to the land flowing with milk and honey, right? You didn't. Now, after the story of the spies, everybody knows that we'll not will not go, right? That you didn't deliver. Who are you, Moshe? The whole purpose of Moses was to take the Jews to the land of Israel, to the promised land, right? They are not going to the promised land. They will die in the desert. That is says then, then kind of then. Who needs you? Number 15, Moses, go ahead, continue. Moses was... Mo Moshe was extremely distressed. Extremely distressed. Rashi says Moses was very... Grieved. He was very upset. It pained him, the story. He wasn't angry. He was very upset. Go ahead. And said to Hashem, do not turn to their offering, not a donkey that I sequestered from any one of them, nor did, have I done ill to any one of them. Aha. Uh -huh. He says, I never took anything from this people, from the Jewish people. I never took a donkey from them. How many leaders can say that? <laughs> not in top of it, he says, I never hurt, I never done ill to any one of them. A nation of two million people. It's already a year and a half after he took him out from Egypt. Two years since he started to deal with them. Maybe more. He says, I never hurt any one of them. And then what do they want from me? I owe them nothing, basically. Who all said the same lines? Who all said the same thing? You know who said the same thing? Um, is it Jacob Taladin? Similar, that's similar, but no. There is a prophet who said the same thing. We're reading it the Torah from this week. And who is the prophet? We actually will not read it this Shabbos because this Shabbos is Rosh Chodesh, and Rosh Chodesh we read another Torah. But this prophet is Prophet Samuel. Samuel, before he died, Samuel, the grandchild of Korach, the descendants of Korach, said the same thing. The Jews. He turned to the Jews and he says, who has anything that he took from anybody? He says it. He says, et mi lakakhti. Which axe I took from? The chamor mi lakakhti. And the, and the donkey of whom I took. Vet mi ashakti. Who I took anything from. Who I robbed anybody. Who I took anything from somebody. Or I took, or I took a ransom. Or bribery. Who I took from. I, do, I didn't take anything from you. It's interesting, it's an interesting point how everything is in cycles. Samuel, what happened during Samuel's lifetime when he was a, a prophet? What did Jews came to him and they wanted? King. They wanted a king, right? Samuel was the prophet, they wanted a king. Isn't that what Korah did to Moses? Korah came to Moses and says, I want to be the leader, who needs you? The people did to Korach's descendants exactly what Korach did to Moses. What goes on comes around, huh? Sure. The same story. They came to him and they told him, we don't want you, we want a king. Yeah, I, he's the leader, he's the prophet, they want a king. Okay, number 16. Moshe said to Korach, you and your entire congregation will be before Hashem, you and they, and Aaron tomorrow. 
Each man will take his fire pan and place incense in them, and you will offer before Hashem each man his fire pan, two hundred and fifty fire pans, and you shall, and you and Aaron will each take his own fire pan. Each man took his fire pan and they placed fire in them and they put incense in them and they stood at the entrance of the tent of meeting along with Moshe and Aaron. Korah congregated against them, the entire congregation at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and the glory of Hashem appeared to the entire congregation. The old Jewish nation came to see the event, the show of the town, how the 250 people are offering incense, and let's see what will happen. Sort of almost like Mount Sinai again. In a bad way. Yeah, no, I... Uh... And it was also... It was also in the, the, in the same expression, the whole con the entire congregation was last week. Mm -hmm. He also got the, the old, uh, in the story of the spies, also the, old, the entire congregation ganged up on them. If you look on page 180, it's written there, number 10, and the entire congregation said that they should be stoned to death. They wanted to stone to death Caleb and Joshua, right? The entire congregation, the same expression is Kolaido, the whole congregation. Okay. That's what the whole entire, whole night, Korah was going around in town and says, oh, come to this party. We're going to show Moses who is the boss here. He's, uh, I'm not asking for myself, I'm fighting, you fight. You know, all the politicians, they always fight, you fight. It's not for themselves, it's for you. They need anything for themselves. It's only for you. I don't know, I spoke to Moshe and Aaron saying, separate yourselves from among this congregation and I will annihilate them in an instant. In an instant. God wants to kill the whole nation. Why the whole nation? Why only not Korach? Why God was angry with all nation? What do you think? Because they were standing there and they were supporting. They were supporting them. Supporting by being silent. How you allow Korach such a dust to do such a thing to Moses? We are the strong guys to come up to Korach and to throw him out of the shoe. How do you do such a thing to Moshe Rabbeinu? What is this? Moses and Aaron? And you, a bunch of schleppers, you coming to challenge them after Mount Sinai, after what Moses did all to us? Where is the few, few rabbis who stand up and, and put an end to this mission, guys? Nobody, everybody's coming to see the best, the best uh, um, play in town, the best show in town. Exactly, let's see what will happen. Obviously, deep down, they were happy that somebody is doing for them the dairy job. The dairy walk. That's why it was God upset him. Moses right away prayed. Continue. They fell upon their faces and they said, Almighty the God of the spirits and all flesh, if one man may if one man sins, shall you be angry with the entire congregation? Adonai spoke to Moshe saying, Speak to the congregation, saying, Depart from the vicinity of the dwelling of Korah. The then then Moses actually was able to convince God. God wanted to destroy everybody. Moses said, that's not fair. You know people, you know people's mind. A regular king cannot punish, he doesn't know who, who did the sin. He has to punish everybody. But you, God, you know who sinned. But punish the sinners, don't punish everybody. Then says, you're right. Then continue. Moshe rose up and went to Deshan and Av Aviram, and the elders of Israel went along after him. There is a whole 
parade. Moses stood up to go to Korach to Dayton and Aviram. Actually, he didn't go to Korach. He went to Dayton and Aviram. Was this to get away from the uh, tent of meeting so they would be far away for the... Uh, no, the, the Dayton and Aviram never... Korach came to Moses, right? Right. Dayton and Aviram never went to Moses. They were above that. They're not going to Moses. They were sending in their own tent. Moses so. is going to Dayton and Aviram. Yeah, but where did this, I'm just saying, where did this all take place? All the sensors? A little further away. I mean, the, the camp is a big camp, obviously. Yeah. It's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Then he's going to Dayton and Aviram. Moses still is thinking, maybe, maybe, he will have, maybe, maybe they will change their mind. Moses is going to Dayton and Aviram. He didn't have to go. He says, I'll go. Maybe they will see me. They will have respect. That's what Moses said. He spoke to the congregation saying, Please get away from the tents of these evil men and do not touch anything belonging to them, lest you be swept away in all their transgressions. Okay. Mark, you want to continue? Um, it's 27. 27. The withdrawal, the withdrawal from the dwellings of Korach uh, the, um, and, and, and went around. And uh, Dayton, uh, Dayton and, and, and Viram went out and stood at the uh, door of the tents with their wives, children, and infants. Everybody came, the whole family stood up by the tent, the whole tribe of Dayton and Aviram, the children and the grandchildren, everybody was there standing. Moshe said that this is how you will know that Adonai has sent me to perform all these deeds. For I did not devise uh, them myself. If as all men die, will these men meet their deaths and the reckoning fate of all men will be reckoned upon them, then Hashem has not sent me. If Hashem will create a new creation and the ground will open its mouth and swallow them along with all their belongings and they all go down alive to the grave, then you will know that these men have angered Adam. Wow. Moses says, here is the test. If they die like regular human beings, Hashem didn't send me. But if it's going, the earth is going to open their mouth like a little earthquake. Like what happened in Florida, Florida, the guy was laying in bed. Sinkhole. Yeah. It's called a sinkhole? Yeah. That was bad, Nebach. Wow. Wow. But, but in this he case... He mind his own business. He laid in his own bed. What, how, could, how better can you be? But in this case... And the whole house remained standing. Oh, my Mo God. Moshe is setting the punishment, though. <laughs> Moshe, Moshe has set this in motion. Hashem didn't tell him that he would swallow them up. Yeah, Moses said that having the motion. Yes. So, so he's sort of leading Hashem in terms of the action that he wants. First of all, could be, could be that was a prophecy that came from him to, from Hashem straight no? on the spot, like at, uh, like at, uh, by Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. And uh, and even though a tzaddik, a tzaddik can do things, Hashem listens to a tzaddik. That's the power of a tzaddik, because the tzaddik is doing the will of God. That's why God makes the do is doing the will of the tzaddik. Connection. Absolutely. And it's not a surprise yeah, if Moses decided that God will cooperate. Absolutely. Okay. Then as he finished... Go ahead. Page of 229, page, ter uh, page 229, top, in top of the page, 31. As he was finishing speaking all these words, the ground beneath them split. As he was finishing speaking, there is in three places in the Bible written, as, they, as if the person finished to speak and something happened. Where are the other places? 
There's and there's a difference in it because one of them, oh, yeah, ones with uh, Abraham with one with Abraham, yeah, but not with Abraham, but with his uh, servant. With Eliezer, Eliezer, the servant. It's written, and there it's written, it was before he finished to speak. Yeah. And there is one more place, I forgot where is the place. There is an, one more place, I think, uh, um, not, not Moses, was another, maybe another prophet, who said, oh, uh, I think by Solomon, King Solomon, and a fire, yeah. King Solomon, when he, when he uh, inaugurated the temple, the first oh, temple, oh, the door. it's written, no, it's written when he finished to speak and a fire came from heaven and it consumed the sacrifice. Oh, that's right. Then by King Solomon, by Moses, it's written when he finished to speak. And by Eliezer, it was before he finished to speak. It's a whole other discussion we discussed, we talked about that when we wore that portion. Okay, continue. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their houses and all the people belonging to Korach and all of the possessions. All of the possessions? Why the possessions? If they have a nice house, let somebody enjoy it. They have a lot of money. Why, not? why, why the possessions? We see this on many times. When the Saras comes on, can affect the house, the possessions, they have to be burned. Because when we see a Malach we have to destroy all possessions of Malak. Mm -hmm. So there's something that's imbued in the possessions, in the in the physicality, the materialism, that's a, a raw element to it. Mm -hmm. No? Mm -hmm. You're right, you're right, you're right. There is also another explanation. That no question that, that God didn't want, for example, idol worshippers. You cannot enjoy any of the possessions. Nothing. They have to be burned, they have to be thrown out. Have to be, you're not allowed to benefit from it. But there is maybe more explanations to it. We have to still look into it. There is an explanation that says, when you have a possession, when you possession, somebody is good is happening with your money, it goes on your account. Let's see a very wicked person left a treasure, left a, left a million dollars, to synagogue, to hospital, a good place and good things happen with it it goes on his account then God didn't want that Dayton and Aviram should continue to have something good should continue to benefit from from good deeds that are happening in this world shouldn't be any connection any, and nothing should be there that's the Sfono explains this exp explanation he didn't want he should have any shred of holding on to something. Korach actually benefits children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, psalms, whatever you want. He has a whole entourage that goes behind them. Dayton and Abiram, nothing is left. Okay. Uh, on this... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when they're speaking of the houses, now are they talking about, like, the... Their wives, their, their yeah, houses, yeah, 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 like yeah, 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 yeah. Wives, everything, everybody, everything the goes. Children, everybody, okay. The whole family. I think Rashi points out that in other things, do you see how bad how bad a fight is? 
that in other things, the, the, the court, the, Jew, the Jewish court, only punishes a person who is 13 years old, right? The heavenly court punishes a person who is 20 years old, not younger. Is, is considered accountable. Is, by the by the Beidin, if you are 13, you're, you're, old, you're being held accountable for your action. In the heavenly court, you have to be 20 to be held uh, accountable. And here, babies died. That's how bad a fight is. That's how bad machloikis, an argument, a, dis, uh, a dispute in a community is. It brings down everybody. Babies, adults, all, everything. Everything is being destroyed. Okay. We are in number 33, I think. Go ahead. They, they and all belongings to them went down alive to the grave. And the earth covered them, and they perished from among the assembly. Mm -hmm. All of the Israel who were around them fled from their uproar. For they said, perhaps the earth will swallow us. A fire came forth from Hashem and consumed the 250 men who were bringing the incense. Tell me that Korach really died. How Korach died? Both ways. What do you mean both ways? That's what it says. Read it says. I read it somewhere. You read it somewhere? Fire, he, got, he, he died both by fire and by the quake. His soul was burned up. Then what happened first, the fire or the quake? Or the earthquake? Doesn't matter. Sure, it might Because if he died, if he disappeared by the earthquake, they didn't die by the fire. He he went into the quake then. What's written there? What's written in number thirty-two? What the, who died? The people. It's not Korach. The people belonging to Korach. Here he says, Korach was one of the people who offered the incense, right? Right? That they say the 250 people from the incense died by a fire. According to many commentaries, Korach died by the fire. Not by the not not by the by the earthquake. No matter what, it wasn't pulling. Right? No matter how he died. Miss question. We're going up in the fire with this incense. Is this I mean Obviously, Aaron's sons did something similar, mm -hmm. but I don't think we think of it as being quite so evil. We find a. Um, You're right. A kind, not, a because, kind of, not because you do the same thing, it means you have the same motivation. Yes. Absolutely not. Aaron's son wanted to get closer to Hashem. That's why they offered incense. The problem was it was not the, it was not with the permission of Hashem, therefore they got themselves too excited, and that's what happened to them. Korach's entourage, the 250 people, Moses warned them. They started a fight, and Moses said, this will be the test. And But you remember, anybody else will die. Korach, I mean, Aaron's sons didn't, didn't warn, warned. They, they were not warned that's, before. That's the key, they, the warning, too. Not only, the, the warning is one of the keys. Aaron's sons were very holy people. They, they doubt they were dead. If the best way to put it, that spiritual anorexia. They were so excited about God that they didn't want to be alive anymore. But that's with Aaron's sons. These guys, these guys are troublemakers. But the question is why they were thinking to do it. 
they knew one of them will die. The Rebbe once spoke about it. Why? I think I think it was ordered from the Rebbe. Why? Why? Two hundred and fifty people. You only know that only one will make it, right? So, one hundred of two hundred and fifty to take a risk of your life. What was the thinking? Same thing with some of the coin dolls. Oh, but the Rebbe says, you know, it's written in the in the Talmud that during the second temple. During the first temple were 89 priests during 410 years. The second temple stood for 420 years. During these 420 years, there were over 300 high priests. That means it was a revolving door. <laughs> Every year, somebody else was gone. Right? Mm. That you are, when you are a number, because a high priest was not holy, and he entered the Holy of Holies, and you keep on. Or he died right there. They used to tie him, tie him to a rope that he can slap him out. Even if he didn't die right there, he didn't make it that day. You know, when, you, when somebody is number 150, 156, what is he thinking? How about number 232? <laughs> Every year another high priest is gone. Not only they didn't, they didn't stop it, they paid for it. During the second temple, you used to buy the position. If you had connection and you had enough money, you became the high priest, if you were a coin, obviously. Then what was the logic of these people who knew that they are not going to make it? Same thing as the Aaron The question is not an Aaron son. The question is that at least 250 people. The answer is, these people who became my priest, they knew very well they will not make it. But they said, you know, there is like adventure people who like to go to the moon, even though they might die. They said, it's worth it the experience before I die. It's worth it to lose my life and the chance. People climb on big uh, mountains and they jump on rocks, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't mind to take the risk. There are people who would ride a bicycle on a wall, right? There is such things. They're completely not, not cases. Still, they're ready to do it because the, 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 the excitement, right? The, the, the adrenaline, exactly. These Jews, they said it's worth it to experience God even if I'll die because of it. Even if I'll die. It's worth it. They offered incense in the Holy of Holies. It was worth it. So be it. There is certain things that are wanted to lose the life for. They felt that to be the 200, the 300 high priest in the Holy of Holy, who knew that they said it's wanted to die even if they, it's wanted to enter the, it's, it's all wanted just to enter the Holy of Holies. Will die, they'll die. Who they paid money to be a priest? Then the Romans controlled the second temple during oh, the Roman. second temple. Sure. Oh, oh. It was all corrupted. Romans all. Uh, all 400 years they Many, a big part of it, yeah. Really? Before the Romans were the Greeks, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't good days. Oh. And even the Jews were there before the, the, the Maccabees and the Hashmonaim, they were also not... Uh, <laughs> of course. It was not so holy then. Things were not so holy. Mm. In the beginning it was holy here, then it got lower and lower. First one was kosher. Yeah, exactly. Like every time it's like this. Here it's also the 250 people knew they're going to die. They said they don't care. It's worth it. To offer incense. Mm -hmm. That that shows the greatness of the Jewish people. Even the bad guys, they're ready to die to have, an, to have a spiritual experience. Yeah.
That's how you look if you want to see in everything in a good eye. Look in the Torah, find the, the good side of it. This is the good side of the 250 guys. They said, yeah, it's water to die. When there was time in Shiloh, there was a temple before this. The right? Uh, yeah. Was there better times? Uh... Better and worse. Samuel was in Shiloh. Mm -hmm. And he was the king. And, and he was the, 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 the prophet at that time. And uh, before him, Eli and his... Uh, it wasn't such good times, no. I mean, Eli, Eli's sons were not... Were not uh, and uh, Samuel's sons... Uh, it wasn't, How wasn't long so was good. the temple in Shiloh? 369 years. Wow. It was a long time. Very long time. Like Almost like in the Jerusalem. Three temples a thousand years. Huh? Three temples. Ultimately, three times. Yeah. In two, and basically, all of them were in the first 1500 years. And now and now it's already 2000 years that we don't have. I mean, mm -hmm. 1300 years. And now it's uh, 2000 years that we don't have a temple. Right. That's why the job is to make a temple in Solon, Ohio. We have to make a temple. We have to bring God right here. And that's the whole lesson we can learn from this. Yeah. Better that than a work. <laughs>